Jesus and the Spirit is challenging. You mean challenging now or challenging in the New Testament? Challenging now, right. something like descend into your heart and stand face to face with Jesus. And it is a powerful, yeah. powerful prayer uh, technique. And, well, are you really, is that really Jesus when you get there or is that spirit? I'm, I'm always challenged. By mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and in John 17, we'll see Jesus says, we will come and make our home in you. And so it's kind of like, okay, so it's crowded because every time I go to the store, I, I got to take three people with me. You know, it's like, and so do you need to? I've heard of somebody. I don't, I don't know that you need to. Well, I've heard I somebody. I myself at times wanting to, wanting to uh, commune with the Father. Yeah. And wanting to commune with the Son, and the Spirit is always hanging around. <laughs> Will you be quiet? Um, <laughs> Um, one way to think of, of it is to think of what a family brings to you. And you say, okay, what does is, what, what is, what is a father provide a child? And a father provides a child identity, provision, and protection. Those are the big three that a father brings to a household. Um, <clears throat> a mother provides instruction, nurture, gentle love. When you scrape your knee, dad's fine, but he might say buck up, but mom, uh-uh, lots of kisses and cookies. Okay, so, so, that's, so that's, that's what mother provides. And then your siblings provide uh, companionship, a way to try out growing up with somebody who's not mom or dad, um, and support if they're the right kind. We grew up together, we, we, just, we can do anything, we can share, anything, that sort of thing. And so when you look at the Trinity and you say, what does Father God provide? He provides our identity. He provides provision and protection. So you can kind of see the Trinity in, in some senses reflects the family. And in fact, in our prayer ministry, when we see somebody is lacking that one of those things in their life, you can almost for sure go back and say, well, tell me about dad or tell me about mom. And so the Holy Spirit, the pronouns in the Old Testament are almost... 60% female pronouns. It says the Holy Spirit, she, in some places. And now I'm not saying that, okay, because Jesus said the Holy Spirit, he, right, in the New Testament. But that doesn't mean that we still don't have that need, and it doesn't mean that God can't provide that need to us through a part of the Trinity. And so discerning those voices sometimes can be, does this feel like, the things I need from a father. I'm going to ask the father for those things. I'm going to go to the father. In Ephesians, it says, I know I'm rambling over that. It's one of my favorite questions. Was this a setup? Um, in Ephesians, you've got the other note in your pocket there. For the rescue question later. Um, in Ephesians, um, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened that you might understand. And then it gives this long list. And you go, what are the eyes of your heart? Except the very thing that Carrie talked about. 
God gave us an imagination at the very bottom of our souls. He gave us an imagination into which God plays out his, his pictures, his thoughts, his scripture. God can use our imagination when we give it to him for unbelievable real-time connection with him. And that is often the way that we connect with Holy Spirit most directly is to do that. We'll, we'll talk about that and maybe you could even teach that, that approach um, later on because we're, we're going we're gonna to unapologetically look to the Lord to, to provide us pictures and thoughts and understandings. We're going to um, unapologetically learn to stir up the eyes of our heart in a way that can connect with God better. Okay? So that's like coming attractive. So if you're not here next Sunday, I'll know that was a little, that was a little stretching it. But um, okay. Anything else about this? Anything else that pops out at you? So in our picture of body, soul, spirit, when we say you're born again, what we mean is that you, you probably are born with not a live spirit. What, what, did, what happened when God said to Adam, in the day you eat of it, you will die? But yet he lived another seven hundred. Who knows how long he lived after that? We don't know how long he lived before. Um, and did he really give Latin names to all the animals? But in any way, um, so, so yet God says in the yom, is the word day, but that could mean three different things in the Old Testament. In the day you eat of it, you'll die. And so they eat and immediately, bam, immediately they realize they're naked and they're ashamed. And you go, okay, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that was really death to them. It seemed like a good idea. It seemed like, how bad can it be to know good and evil? How bad? But what happened is, is they became flesh men. They became, they, they stopped being spirit men and their spirit died. Their spirit became this little shriveled conscience inside of them. And everybody who was sons of Adam from that day until something we'll talk about is, a, is born a son of Adam with a spirit that is just like a pilot light inside of you, just enough to keep your body alive. And that's it. When you die, your spirit leaves and everything else crumbles to the ground. And when we're born, we're not born Christians. We're not born with a born-again spirit. We're born with, anybody's had four sons, three sons can attest. Um, but, and so he says, look, when you're, you must become a spirit person to enter heaven. You don't enter heaven because you're good. You don't enter heaven because you know a lot. You, the only way you can come into heaven is if you're my kind, right? If you have a dog, you can dress up that dog, you can train that dog to sit at the table, you can, that dog can be the most well-behaved dog, but it is a dog. And the problem isn't that it's a well-behaved or a not well-behaved dog, the problem is it's a dog. It is a life form too low to be in your family, okay? And in the same way, because we have dead spirits and God is a spirit, we're a life form too low to
to be a child of God, to be in heaven forever. We're not eternal beings. We're just, we're just creatures. We're, we're above animals but below God. But when we're born again, we become children of God. We become primarily spirit people who are learning what it means to have a soul and live in a body. But we're born again and we're going, okay, I am born of the Spirit. You must be born of water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. You enter the kingdom of God the second you're born again. You are now a citizen of God's kingdom, aliens on this earth, a different life form. Now you go, whoa, it's like a dog suddenly becomes a human. I'm sure there are Disney movies about that, but it's like the dog goes, okay, now what? Okay, because we kind of go, okay, now what? Now what? Now what do we do? And so we're born in the Spirit. And then he says, look, people who are born in the Spirit are a little different. Kind of like the wind. So I, I'm assuming all of you are born again. And that means on the inside you have a spirit. You are a spirit. And the Holy Spirit desires to blow through you and in you and to cause you to think things, say things, feel things, understand things that you can't always explain. And that's not, that's not anti-intellectual, it's just a-intellectual. It's demagnetized against being intellectual or not being intellectual. It, it, that's not the point. The point is, I have God inside of me and I'm, I'm a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. I was going to toss out, it's not really a new idea is it, or for, for the New Testament, right? Because you remember when Saul gets anointed king? Yeah. They, they talked about the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Yeah. He'll prophesy. And the people don't recognize him. They're like, this is a different person. This is literally not who he was a while ago. Yes. Uh, so it's a new idea and a not new idea. We saw in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit came on us to do things. And then we said, well, wait, it was also in Joshua to do things. But their own spirit wasn't born again. They had like the Holy Spirit right here helping them to do things all the time, speaking through them, Balaam, okay? But we'll see in a minute, Jesus says something about that exact thing, okay? So the Holy Spirit came on people and in people, just like demons were, not just like, but... You know what I mean? Demons were in people in the Old Testament and drove them to do crazy things, and they sort of lost control. That doesn't mean the person was a demon. They just had that influence. Oh, boy, some of you are going, your eyes just got big. Um, but there's a distinct difference between being born again and not being born again. And you can be influenced by the Spirit. The Spirit can even live inside of you in a sense, but it's temporary and it's you, your spirit isn't born again, okay? We'll have to talk about what that means, but. I'm just kind of sitting here thinking about all this <clears throat> um, because it makes me think about how when Adam and Eve made that decision uh, to, to not believe God and to disobey, yeah. that cut them off and, and that's where they lost their communion with God. They lost that, that spirit life with him. Yeah, in a sense they did. Now, God's spirit didn't live inside of them, but, but they had spirits, yeah. right? And then, and, then, and then later, how we are reconciled back to God yeah. is through 
submission to Jesus and to know that he is bringing us back into that. And that's where the being born of the Spirit, because that's not anything we do ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not even, it's, jerks can be born again. You know, it's, it's, it's not like I have to attain something and then I can be born again. Uh, the thief on the cross didn't repent and do a whole lot of, he just said, Lord. And Jesus said, yeah, it's going to happen to you. You'll be with me in paradise and, and, and on we go. Um, yeah, it's a little hard concept because we want to equate it with behavior or with um, a belief system or something like that. And, and as we study this and look at this, we'll see that it is a literal physical, spiritual change within our being. Uh, we're, we're different kinds of people. The spirit is gentle and it can be quenched. She or he can be quenched easily and doesn't make you act like a Christian. I just have a question. So is it relevant that Jesus, the, the immediate audience in front of Jesus believed in a birthright religion? That they, they were, by their birth, if their mother was Jewish, if they were born, Yahweh was sovereign, they had kingdom membership, it really didn't really matter. They were, it's a birthright right. membership in the kingdom. And so you asked me to think about this, and the more I yeah. thought about it, you must be born again. What, what really strikes me before we even get into the discussion of the Spirit is the birthright for kingdom membership may not be the physical birth that the people in front of him believed. They had a birthright to be yeah. part of it. And that he's, he's pointing us to something else. And that's what I know. I know right. I'm, I'm sensing that's what you're uh -huh. expounding on. But, but what, I'm, what I'm hearing here, it reminds me of the, the, the Old Testament prophet that says God didn't really want the circumcision. He wants circumcision of the heart. He wants something. Right. There's a dimension here. And I'm not even sure I'm going with this. I'm asking this question, but pondering out loud. But I, I'm really struck by the challenge between a birthright theology yeah. and <clears throat> something different. Whatever that different is, but, but, but there's a, a contrast. So that's what I... Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to look forward in the New Testament where he says, not all Israel is Israel. And you go, oh, okay. In other words, I, I am born into a chosen people, and I can, by, by alien sojourner, pilgrim, or foreigner, become part of the tribe of Israel. But I'm still the tribe of Israel. But God is saying, look... This Holy Spirit, whom Israel portrayed, represented, and who watched over Israel as a chosen people, that Holy Spirit is, we're, we're changing things now. And, the, and for example, Isaiah and uh, Joel says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, even on male and female servants. It's like, whoa, okay, really on servants? And so we're going to see that in the book of Acts. So he's saying, look, under this new way, the spirit will be the determiner of children of God and not children of God. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah. Uh, the thing about the wind strikes me is that we need to be aware that when we have the spirit of God, we don't know where that's going to take us. It's yeah. like the wind. It will uh, go where it will go. Yeah. And we'll, and if we have that spirit, then we will go where God leads us. 
but it's unpredictable. It is unpredictable, and sometimes you don't know why, but you just do it anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the I will be with you-ness of God, where he said, if I, if I laid out a complete roadmap and day-by-day uh, camper's guide, you would go without me. That would be disaster. But if I just say, go north, I'll be with you, we'll do it together, and it will be wonderful, right, for a lot of reasons. And I think, I think the Holy Spirit loves to do things with us, through us, and doesn't need the credit. I mean, I, I just, you know, you go, okay. So life is a bit like an Easter egg hunt, and all of the eggs are hidden for me to find, not from me. Right? We can talk about that later, too. And so the Holy Spirit guides us into, you are his, oh, okay, we're going to talk about it now. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared beforehand for you to walk in, Ephesians 2.10. So I'm prepared perfectly. The works are prepared perfectly. And the way I walk into those works is by listening and watching and sensing the Holy Spirit. And I go, this is one of those. Okay, I was in, I was in Home Depot and a woman came by and, I, and, and for me, I always say that she had sauce on it. You know, something has sauce on it for me. It's like, oh. So I'm walking, I go, oh. We get chatting. She starts to cry. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. <laughs> Don't, you know, but, but nobody came by. I'm sure Angel's like, oh, this aisle's closed right now. Who knows what? And, and she had just ran out of her house from her husband who was beating her. It's like, Choo. so we get her settled and I come on to church. You know, it's just like, okay, this is one of those things, one of those appointments. And you just go, huh, okay, huh, okay. And so God, God would like us to live like that in taking some risk but in also building the word inside of us, in, in building truth. John says, don't believe every spirit. In other words, we're not just these wild cowboy spirit people who, yeah, I, I got a word to rob the bank. You know, that's like, I think not. Okay, and so that's why we have each other. That's why we have the word. Okay, I bet it's probably almost 1045. No, nope, getting close. Um, so we didn't, we're still in review <laughs> from last week. Anything else about, about the wind? Well, since you're still in review, this is going to be like a three-week verse here. Yeah. Since you're still in review, I just um, I went and looked at the Exodus passage of the person that was the two guys that were given special measure for the making of the tabernacle. Oh yeah, yeah, Bel Belzel, whatever. And then the chapter before, where several people had had the spirit of God given them wisdom to do different crafts, and then these were given some. Yeah. So coming to this passage, um, um, I was thinking, was there an aha? Let's say the guy's name is Joe. Whatever his name is. Let's call him Joe because that's okay, easy. Okay. Joe. Did Joe know that it was the spirit? Did when did Joe know? Um, was there an aha moment for Joe? After Moses wrote it down, for sure. But. This is typical of me. We're in an intellectual studying something that God does naturally. And and sometimes that very thing is the problem. Yeah. And so I bring that same question to here was is there an aha moment? Was there something Joe did that made that better for him over time? Did everybody else recognize it? 
is there something in me that that I'm just not recognizing mm-hmm. that was part of it from the beginning? Um, and can I control it? Birth, my water birth, I had no control over. Right. Do I have control over the spirit birth? And so these are some deep questions, but they're they're very important. I have to be born of the spirit to enter the kingdom of God. What role do I play in that happening? Right. And um, what role did Joe play in being the guy who got a special measure? Don't know, and they might not be the same thing. They might be... But that was, that was kind of when I was looking uh-huh. at it last week, you were making some, from some things we could tell from the Old Testament, yeah. some good, you know, mm-hmm. temporary uh, specific tasks. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to make some connections. And, and born again is only used here. I mean, it's not like wording that's used all through the New Testament. It's used here. The word saved is used a lot. And, and like in Romans 10, it's pretty well defined what you need to do to be saved, right? Yeah. And then Church of Christ, I would be very remiss if I didn't mention baptism somewhere in that discussion as well. But so we can say, is being saved the same as being born again? <coughs> I don't know. I think it is, but... I think you call in the name of the Lord and you're saved. When you're saved, you're in the family, your spirit is reborn, and you become a child of God, and Satan hates you more than ever. You know, things, things happen. And you bear fruit. Yeah, you, you become gifted. Right, things begin to change, but you can put a stop to those things because your will will never be overrun by, well, most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time, your will be not be overrun by the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Spirit. You can grieve the Spirit. You can ignore the Spirit. You can live in the flesh, even though you are born again. Paul talks about people like that. He says, look, you're born again. Why, why are you acting as if you're not? Right? In other words, before I was born again, I had an obligation to live according to the flesh. After I was born again, I no longer have the obligation to live according to the flesh, but I still have the opportunity. And that to me is freedom. Freedom is I can walk out of the jail if I want to. No freedom is I'm in jail and there is no getting out. When God said you're free, he didn't say, and I kicked you out of the jail and made you behave. He said, I opened the door and I said, come with me. But you could say, I'm kind of used to the jail. You know, that's three squares and <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know if you're going to feed me. You seem okay, but you seem kind of like the wind, right? Okay, well, we're going to go to one other slide. <coughs> okay, so here we go. Sorry for all of you listening to that cough. Um, so here is Jesus, and now he says this. He says, he who believes in me, so that might go back to that born againness. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Uh, there's a but in here, but, but this he spoke of the spirit who those believed in him were to receive for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, what does that mean? He says, if you believe in me, and he's, he's, staying, he's standing up the great day of the feast, right? And he says, if anyone believes in me, as the scripture said, and you can go back to Isaiah 44, 55, 58, and it's talking about the spirit flowing out of 
spirit, 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 water, water, water. And he says, from his innermost being, so we go, okay, that's from my spirit, that's my innermost being, is my spirit. From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. By this, now John is interpreting, by this he spoke of the spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. The spirit wasn't yet given because Jesus wasn't yet glorified. So now you go, okay, what does that mean? First of all, let's, let's talk about the, the rivers <clears throat> so I, I'll just cheat and say inner, innermost being typically is wording that is the spirit, the, the innermost part of you, the core of who you are. So out of your spirit, if you believe in Jesus, out of your spirit, now it doesn't talk like the wind, still fluid. The wind is compressible fluid, of course, and water's not, right? Thanks, thanks, Doc. Um, so now he's talking about <coughs> water flowing out of you. What does that, what would that feel like? What is rivers of living water flowing out of you seem to imply, seem to say, seem to, power. Po yeah. 62.4 pounds per cubic feet of power, right? Sorry, I'm a water engineer. Life? Yeah, every place, there's a description of this river. It says every place the river goes, there's life. There's healing on both, remember in Ezekiel? And, and he, he's wading into the water. Does everybody remember that scripture? He's, maybe we'll try to find out for next week. He's wading in, then it's knee deep, then it's waist deep, then it's over his head, then he can't swim. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is a river that flows out of the temple. And on both sides of the river, there's healing. There's trees for healing. And you go, okay, is that that, is that, that river? Is that what Jesus is referring to here? Out of his belly, out of his, will flow rivers. Of living water is this like the three rivers that flew out of flew flowed out of uh, out of Israel or out of the the Middle East part of Israel <coughs> so hmm so when you look at your life and you say okay so I believe in Jesus that means that somewhere inside of me there's these rivers that can flow out of me Um, it doesn't mean that they're untamed, wild, roaring, flooding. It c might mean that it's, in some of us, it's a gentle brook. And you go into a ministry situation, you go to YES, you, you go to drill wells, every place you go, there's this flow that can come out of you. There's a whole ministry that teaches us how to honor the flow. See, I can, I can live not like a spirit person all day long, every day. And I, I won't realize there's a flow. But I can learn to honor the flow. Jesus, are you saying something now? Lord, this seems, this seems good to the Holy Spirit to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a chance and talk to this guy in the store. This, I'm gonna pray for this, but I'm gonna uh, give money to this I'm gonna, I feel like I should ask this woman at the checkout counter this question. See, and so all of a sudden you're going, okay, I'm gonna start to honor this flow. I'm gonna say, Lord, will you teach me, Holy Spirit, will you teach me about this flow? 
because somewhere in the flow is the prophetic and our words of knowledge and is power for healing and is uh, insight into your job, insight into your family, insight into relationships. Somewhere inside the flow is wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And Yeah. And it helps us. And it even speaks of that in Revelation in the scene of heaven that the down the middle flows. Yes, the river, yeah, in heaven. Sure, book of Revelation. Yep. I repeat a little bit for the people who can't can't hear on, on this thing. Um, one minute left. Um, so it says by this he spoke who believed him were to receive, the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, so we are, that is one that you should file away because we're gonna come back to that and that understanding will be the key to being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit wasn't yet given. Now Jesus is with his disciples, okay? And yet, <coughs> John says, look, there is a point in time, a point in history, that an event occurred that caused the Holy Spirit to be given. Okay? And the Holy Spirit wasn't given because that thing hadn't happened yet. Okay? Now, there is a, Jesus gave some of his authorities to the disciples and they were casting out demons. Remember, and they come back and, demons are subject to us. Demons are subject to us. And, it's crazy we're like mighty men and he says that's cool but this is cooler your name will be written in the book of life in other words you'll be born again you you have a you have my authority it's like a cop without a gun you have my authority and people pull over demons pull over because they're afraid of me they see you and they go Jesus will get us if we don't obey we're going to obey. You have my authority, right? But there will a time come when I'll be gone, but you'll still have my authority. But now it will be all different, okay? There will be a time coming when it'll be all different. And something will have to happen. If you then being, this is Luke, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those, which implies everyone who asks him? How much more, if you give good gifts, how much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Then John says, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So, so all of these are looking to a time when something is going to happen. He'll give the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks. Jesus will be glorified. That will be the trigger for it to happen. He'll give the Holy Spirit to all who ask. He will baptize, that is dip, immerse you in the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm saying, okay, so, so we're looking forward to that time. When, I mean, back right now. So we're, we're still, Jesus is walking around on the earth. And he is saying, this is going to happen for you. It'll be like a river coming out of your belly. This, you simply ask, when I'm glorified, something will happen. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, so you're going, okay, okay, let's, we're going to look forward to that. So next time when you come back, uh, we're going to look at a few more things about the Holy Spirit. And the time after that, we're going to dive into what happened in the book of Acts then. And, and then after that, we're going to talk about, okay, then what happens with us? Okay, so that's kind of where we're going. And then we're going to learn to demystify the Holy Spirit because we sometimes look for the unnatural or the spectacular and we miss the supernatural all around us, right? Because if Holy Spirit came in all of his glory, everybody's free will will instantly be gone because all of a sudden there's God and in a sense you still have free will, but in a sense you don't choose him because you love him, because you want him, you choose him because you're scared spitless at the glory of God. And so he doesn't do that because he's gentle with us, right? Oh, Lord, this is a fun topic. Thank you, Lord. I ask that the things that you said would go deep down inside and that they would bear fruit this week. Amen. Thank you.